Again, good morning, beloved Orangewood. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me uh, toward the back of your Bible uh, to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 4. We're going to continue our study together, and here is the church. And what we've discovered the last few weeks together is that the church is not a building. It's not an institution. The church is, well, it's, it's us. I mean, it's you and me. It's those of us who, by God's grace and grace alone, we've, we've been called out of darkness and we've been called into something alive and something wonderful with fellowship with him and with one another. And the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at, well, what does the church do? I mean, what do we do as the church? And we worship together of all the things we do, the most important thing we're doing. We're going to be doing this for all eternity, worshiping our God together. And we're led by godly leaders. And last week, we, we looked at we grow. We're to grow. We're to grow in grace we become more like Christ. We grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this week, we're going to look at the fact that we are the church. And we're called to live life together. We're the church. And we're called to be in community together. We're the church. And we're called to be different. Uh, it's, not, it's not a solo activity, a solo flight. The church is God's people coming together. And that's what we're going to look at today. I got to tell you. Every week that I stand before you, every week that I pray that God speaks. And again, it's just one of those messages that I'm so passionate about. We got to hear this. We really got to hear this. Just recently, I sat with a friend, a dear friend, a friend I love, a friend that uh, is a good man and, and uh, uh, has so much blessing in his life. And, and I sat with this brother in the midst of him making some really bad choices. I mean, I was right there as he's in the crosshairs of life. Have you been there? But just in the crosshairs of life, making decisions that are going to impact his life, both now and for the foreseeable future. It was so hard. It was so hard to, to sit there with him. It was so hard to, to see what he was doing. It was so hard to, to listen to his logic of why he thought it would be a good idea to leave his wife and his kids and pursue something else. It was just so hard. It was hard because he was buying a lie. I mean, I saw it right in front of me. He was, he was embracing and, and, and buying the lie that, that there's something out there. There's something apart from God. There's something apart from God's blessing that was going to give him something that he needed, that he was missing. I mean, he was buying a lie that, that somehow life could be lived better apart from God's word and blessing and, and in isolation. It was so hard because he was buying that lie. He was isolating himself. It was so clear. He was isolating himself from God. I mean, he's putting his feelings above God's word. He's pulling his, the way that he wanted to have life above his vows. I mean, he was isolating himself from his God and his family, from his community. And what really hurt, he was walking away from so much to gain so little. And as I talked to him, I said, you know, you're, you're heading in a direction that God just can't bless. I mean, he can't. He, he'd have to change to bless you in what you're doing. Stop it. He bought the lie. You see, the Bible story is this. The Bible is a story that tells us this is how we got in the mess. This is what happened to us. This is why it's so hard. This is why we're struggling. Because we 
Adam and Eve, we, we bought the lie. We bought the lie that life was somehow better apart from God and his word. We bought the lie that somehow it's better for us to live in isolation. We bought it. And as we bought the lie and we walked away from God, everything has been affected since. We're going to see this morning that that God has created us for so much more. You know that God has created you for himself. I mean, he's made you in his image. He's created you to be in relationship with him. I mean, God's created you to, to know and love the holy God of the universe. That's why he created you. But he's done more. He's created you to, to love and to know one another and to live in community together. But ever since we bought that lie, every one of our relationships affected. Ever since we bought the lie that life was better apart from Christ, it led to tragic consequences. We see them every moment of every day. There's good news. What we've messed up, what, what we have done to, to really bring harm to our relationship with God and one another, here's the really good news. God fixes it. Not us. God does it. I mean, God restores what we've lost and even makes it better than we can ever think or imagine. So this morning, as we look to God's word, we're going we're gonna to begin by looking at kind of the, the end of the story. We're going to begin by looking at how does God call us to re- relate to one another? How does God call us to, to live in community together? But as I read this passage, we're going to go back to the very beginning, and we're going to unfold God's word from the very beginning and see what was it that God intended for you and me? What was it that he intended for us with him and with one another? And we'll see how God himself has fixed everything that we have broken. Let's look at God's word. And Paul writes to the church of Ephesus. And because he's empowered by the Holy Spirit, he is writing to us right here, right now. This is God's word. It's holy. It's without error. It'll never lead us astray. And and we're going to jump into a letter mid-conversation for these words. But we're going to ask God to come and give us ears to hear and to bless them. God writes to the church, to us. He says this, He says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, that's us, the church, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Let us pray. Father, this word we just read of yours says that we need to speak truth in love. And you and you alone are the truth. So God, really what I'm doing is not speaking original thoughts of love, but I'm repeating the truth in love. Because you are its source and you are its purpose. And you are its hope. So because of that reality, we are going to ask you to do that which you can only do. Will you come and speak to us in love? And would you choose to use a broken sinner like me to speak? You've proven through history that you could speak through about anything. So I ask that you speak through me. Because we need to hear from you. We need your truth. Because your truth and your truth alone sets us free. God, give us ears to hear 
the voice of Jesus. Give us minds to understand your word so that we can embrace it with our hearts, so that we could love you as we are supposed to, so that we could have fellowship and community with you and for, with one another. Oh, Holy Spirit, I beseech you to come to each heart that is here and speak to the heart that is cold with sin, to the heart that is dark with unbelief. God, to the heart that is faithful, each one of us needs to hear your word. And be with us so powerfully, we pray, that when we walk out of here, we'll walk out of here in community with you, in love with you, in fellowship with you. And God, in fellowship and love and community with one another. The things that I say that are wrong or merely my opinion, may those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, that contain the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, use those things to shape us and make us more like your son, our Savior Jesus. And it's in his holy name we pray. Amen. In your bulletin, you'll find an outline if you want to follow along with me. And the first thing we're going to see this morning is that we are created for community. We are created for community, but something went tragically wrong. The story of the Bible is amazing how God creates everything. It tells us that God creates everything out of nothing. That he actually uses the power of his word. That God speaks. And as he speaks, all that exists jumps into life, into existence. It's incredible. And of all the things that God creates, all of them tell his story. All of them point to him. There's not one thing that he created that doesn't point to him. Scripture tells us that. In uh, Psalm 19, it says, All of creation pours, pours forth speech day and night. But of all things that God created, he created you and me as a special masterpiece to know and love him, to reflect who he is, to be known by him. Of all the things that are to tell his story, it's you and me. I mean, we are made, ready for this, in his image. And because of that, we have infinite worth. Because we were made in a God's image of infinite worth. And God created us, and he created us for himself, and he created us for community. And he started off, and he placed us in a place called paradise. It was a garden of Eden. It was a place that God and man could hang out together. And of all the things he created, he says, hmm, that's good. And the one thing he says is really good is us. And he's like, this is really good. But even in paradise, he says something that's kind of staggering. He says, there's one thing that's not good. Stop and think about that. God made man in his image. God created him and placed him in paradise. And man and God together, man ruling for God. And yet there was still something missing. There was still something not good. What could not be good? It says in Genesis 2.18, it's not good that man shall be alone. You see, God has created us like himself for community. God exists in community. God has always existed in community. There's never been a time, and even before time began, that there wasn't community. The community of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God has created us for a part of that community to, to know him and to know one another. And God has created us to, to know and love him. And although we were created for him and to know and love him and with one another, something went tragically wrong. We sinned. We bought the lie. We thought that life would be better apart from him, on our own. 
And as we, we, we sin from God, and, and this is in Genesis 3, and it's what theologians will say, or people who know the Bible, it's the fall of man. It's because of this sin that everything in the world, everything in creation and everything in us has been affected. There's nothing that you don't see that hasn't been affected by the sin of man. Nothing. The best relationship you have has been affected by the fall of man. Everything has been affected because of our rebellion. Every relationship you've ever had, every relationship you will ever have has been affected by that sin. You know what that sin caused us to do? Immediately we started to hide. That sin caused us to hide from the very God who made us. He made us as a loving father and he made us in his image. But now there was a problem. And because of this sin, now we were afraid of him. We were terrified. He might find us out. So what do we do? We started hiding from God and we haven't stopped. Sin did more than just cause us to hide from God. Sin caused us to hide from one another. I mean, even in the most intimate relationships of Adam and Eve, and then all of a sudden they realize, "Uh uh-oh, I I can't be seen. I'm naked. I got got issues. I got to cover up. I I can't let the world know the truth. I can't let people see me for what I really am because I'm broken. You see, this is that sin. It's affected everything, affected our relationship with God. We hide from him instead of run to him. And it affects our relationship with one another. We put on masks. We put on... Something errs, we cover up. But it's even done even more harm. It leads to isolation. Sin makes us think that, that it's somehow better for us to have this rugged individual life, even a Christian life, out on our own, away from community. The Bible tells us there's an enemy that hates us. The Bible tells us there's an enemy who, who's real. The Bible tells us that he has schemes that, that want to take us down. And let me tell you, his greatest scheme is to lie to you like he lied to my friend, to lie to you like he lied to Adam and Eve, to, to isolate you, to pull you away from who he is in the community so he can attack you. We were made for community with God and, listen, with one another. But something went tragically wrong. And what went tragically wrong was sin. But, second point, we were called back into community. Called back into community because someone was tragically wronged. Through one person being tragically wronged, we are ushered back in. I love this about God's long-suffering. The God who created you and me for community, he didn't give up on you. He's patient with you and me. It's amazing how long-suffering is. He said, I created for you for this, and I'm not going to give up on you. I'm going to continue to pursue you. I'm going to continue to do everything I can do to make sure that you and I will experience that which God has created us for, to know and love him and to know and love one another. I've often said this to uh, my beloved congregation here, and it's true. I say that everything that God requires from us, God provides for us to have a relationship with him. And I want to use that thought and say this, everything that keeps us, from true and authentic community with God and with one another has been resolved in Christ Jesus. Everything that God has created is for, for him and for one another. God has done. This is the good news. No, this is the exceedingly good news. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is how God, through Jesus, restored community. Restored community to himself and to one another through what Jesus has done. 
That's the gospel. Let's look at some of the implications. Because of God's love for us, seen through the work of Christ Jesus, you and I, you ready for this? We no longer have to hide from God. We don't have to. He knows about you. (laughs) He knows about you better than you know about you. And the things that terrify you about you, he knows. And the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is all that that separates from you from God, all that that God deserves to banish you from his presence, or we deserve to be banished from his presence, God has dealt with. He dealt with on the cross. According to God's word, that all of our sins, not some, all of them were placed on Christ Jesus on the cross. All of them, not some, but the whole, have been covered It's been covered by the blood of Christ. We've been cleansed. But let me tell you the good news of the gospel is that that God's own son would come and, and make a payment for you and me, but there's more. There's more. Not only would he deal with our sin, the the legal requirements, he dealt with our shame. I mean, he hung naked, bearing our sin and our shame so that we never have to hide from God. He knows the truth about us. And he's for us. And we don't have to cover up. Fear has been dealt with. Fear has been dealt with because here's the reality. What, we, what do we fear? We fear being known. If he really knows us, will he really love us? He does. And he does love us. He takes away that fear and he causes us to be free. Free to be truly loved. Free to love as as he intended. Free that, you know what? No matter how you respond to me, I'm loved by the king. (laughs) I've been set free. I'm now free to love you no matter how you respond to me. How incredible is it? Well, here, God created us for community, but something went tragically wrong. God has restored us to community by something being tragically done wrong to one person. And the bottom line of this is it's not only amazing that we get placed in community, but how we got placed there. Let me tell you how it happened. You and I are rescued back in there because according to Isaiah 53, Jesus would be pierced for our transgressions. Our iniquity, our guilt, and our shame would be placed on him. The good news of the gospel is that through his wounds, we are healed. Well, let me make it clear. Jesus on the cross is banished from the Father so that we can be brought into community. Can you believe that? I mean, Jesus on the cross, I mean, for the first time in all eternity, the relationship between Father and Son changes. I mean, it's always been so tender and it's always been so wonderful, but once Jesus bore our sin, something happened that never will happen again and never happened until that point. His Holy Father turned away from his son. Couldn't even look at him. That's how bad our sin and shame was. And Jesus experienced hell on earth. And the hell of being separated from his father. And he cried out, not father, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Quoting Psalm 22. You see, Jesus was forsaken so that we could be brought in. Jesus was banished from community so that we could experience again community with the Father. 
Jesus was isolated. I mean, he was alone on the cross. I mean, Scripture is very clear to say the disciples all ran. There was no one there that was going to stand for him. He was isolated and set apart so that we would never have to experience isolation and abandonment. The gospel of Jesus Christ is this. Jesus became your sin and mine. Jesus became our shame so that we can again experience authentic community with the Father, Son, and Spirit. An authentic community with one another. How do we get it? It's an incredible gift. We just place our faith and trust in him as our Lord, as our Savior, as the one who brings us back to the Father. Have you done it? Thirdly, but now we're empowered to live in authentic community because of the gospel. What was told us in that Ephesians 4 passage that now we can speak truth and love to one another. You see, the gospel does a couple things for us. The first thing is this. The gospel empowers us to share the truth in love. The gospel, listen, you got to get this, church. Because of what Christ has done, and because of the finished work of the cross of Christ Jesus, I now and you now have the power, the ability to share the truth of who we are in love. And this is what it means. We can raise our hands and say, guess what? There's not a second that goes by that I don't need the blood of Jesus. Let me make sure you all know I'm a sinner saved by God's grace who's prone to wander. And I don't have to hide from the truth of that. The truth is because of Christ, I am free. And because I am free, I could share with you the truth of who I am and how much I need Jesus. You know how much power there is in exposing the truth? What just infuriates me about the conversation is the gospel hadn't set him free to share the truth. I mean, it was hiding that something that wasn't powerful enough to raise his hand and say, you know what, this is, this is what's going. And sin is blinding, and, and sin will do that to us every single time. And I got to tell you, this is where the rubber meets the road for me here, Orangewood. I mean, I love you, and I, I believe that, that together we, we love Jesus, but is the gospel really setting us free to speak the truth? It should are we looking for fig leaves to put over our sin and are we a little fearful that we're going to really be found out by our friends and neighbors? You see, if we are, we've lost the power of the gospel. I mean, that, that's, God has called us together to shine brightly, to speak truth in each other's lives, share truth in each other's lives so that we can become more like him. What the gospel has done, it, it, it challenges us. It takes away the fear. We always realize this, the fear of being known. The fear of being loved. The fear of fitting in. You see, in Christ Jesus, you're known, you're loved, you fit. You got to share your life. Who are you sharing your life with? Who are you sharing your life with? Who knows your stuff? And if you don't have an answer, you are in danger. I'm telling you right, you are in danger. You are so susceptible to lies. And if your answer is your spouse, I'm thankful that they know you. But let's be honest, they don't really really know you either. But who are you sharing your life with? And the second part of that is who are you speaking truth into? 
Because that's what the power of the gospel should do. We should be able to tell each other the truth. I mean, I was able to sit with my dearly beloved brother and look him in the eye and say, I want you to know I love you. And I'm not stopping loving you. But I said this to him, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. And what are you doing? I love you in Christ Jesus. I'm not going to stop. More importantly, he does. But let me tell you the truth. You're heading in a way God can never bless. And you're acting, you think you're noble? You're not even close to noble. The gospel should give us the power because we are loved by God and we love one another to not only share the truth, but speak the truth in love. And I'll tell you why we do it in love, because none of us are better than the other. You guys ever heard of a guy named King David? King David had a heart after God. King, King David was an amazing man of God. I mean, that guy was amazing. Do you know King David's a murderer and adulterer? You know Paul? You know he's a murderer? I mean, you know that it's by the grace of God that we are who we are and we stand where we are and we, we, we speak truth knowing, but by the grace of God, there go I. Are you in a community group? Are you in a place that's safe? I think the questions we have is in closing is this, is the first and foremost, the most important question is, are you in community with God or are you hiding? That's the only options you have. Are you in authentic community with God or are you hiding from him? And you have to know the only way that you can have life and life abundantly by the God who designed you is to be in relationship with him through the work of his son. Are you in community with God? And if not, there's such good news for you today. By God's grace, he offers it to you. Jesus has done everything that you could never do. He has lived the life that you should have lived. He's died the death that you deserve to die. He's opened up heaven so that you can have right now life and life eternally and life abundantly and a relationship with the Father that will never end. That's amazingly good news. And just placing our faith and trust that he is enough for us. Are you in community with God or are you running from him? And the second thing is, are you in authentic community with each other? Is there someone that you're journeying together with in life that knows your story, knows your junk, that the gospel has set you free to be able to share and to be able to speak? And until you are, you are prone to the enemy's lies and you've isolated yourself from what God intends in your life. Orangewood, please, Find community in our God and let the gospel set you free. Free to tell the truth. Free to speak truth in love. Let us pray. Oh God, what an amazing father you are. Although we decided to not listen and to believe a lie and although we decided that we thought we'd be better on our own, and live in isolation. You didn't stop loving us. You didn't stop pursuing us. And you didn't stop providing for us. Your plan has been, is, and forever will be that you have created us for yourself and you have created us for one another. God, push the truth in deep into our beings that we are created for you and one another. That paradise is not paradise. 
with not only a relationship with you that sin is dealt with, but a relationship with one another. It's not good that man should be alone. God, I thank you that your love is greater than an enemy that hates us. I just hate how successful he seems to be. I hate the fact that his lies are so believable to to our brothers and sisters and to our very lives. And God, I pray. I pray for each one here that's sincerely yours, that God, we would would really believe the gospel. (laughs) That we would believe that we are okay in Christ Jesus. And that we would live in community, that we could share the truth and speak the truth in love and be set free and be made alive, have a fruitful life for you. God, if there's a heart here that doesn't know you, I pray even in the quietness of this moment that they would realize that they're in isolation from you and that they would run to the gift of your son and ask for forgiveness of their sins and place their faith and trust alone in Jesus for salvation. But God, there's many here in this room that still need to be set free too, that are yours, that are still living behind a lie, still living behind a mask, that still think that they somehow have to earn their salvation. They still have to think that maybe they can't really be seen for who they are. God set us free and start with this pastor. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.